to Living in the Stacks, the monthly podcast where we curl up with a good book, uh, debatable in this case, and discuss what we thought of it. I'm Dex. I'm, I'm John. I'm Melody. And I'm Max. <laughs> this is a train Dex threw wreck. us off because we're because we're Dex is back. Yeah, Dex. We have a Dex again. Yay, Dex. Dex was not here last month because, to be blunt, I got my tits whacked off. Woo! Oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> That's one way to phrase that. <laughs> Technically speaking, I had a double mastectomy. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. It's more fun to say I did the yeet of the teat. Yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's a lot more whimsical and fanciful than I got my tits whacked off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, yeah, you know well. what? You do you. I like to freak the mundane, so, you know. All good. Mission accomplished. (laughs) How's everyone else's fall been? All right. Uh, I just woke up 15 minutes ago, so I'm doing great. (laughs) I went to to an Anamanaguchi concert last night and then decided I needed more me time and stayed up till 5 a.m., so that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great show. I recommend yeah. going. Good. Buzz yes. Market for Anamanaguchi. Cool. I started a new job this month. Ooh. Yeah. And, what are you doing? And I'm uh I'm working with uh Volkswagen and Audi's financial department. Ooh. And so the so there's a lot of training and a lot of phone calls and it's been kind of intense and I did not get to finish the book because of it. Get that car money. Yeah. yeah. I get and, a living uh, wage because it's a corporate position. Hey. Yay. Yay. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the the issue is uh, the only one who's actually fully read the book uh, <laughs> has is our host. So hopefully, thankfully, somebody did, but none of us our were able to finish. Our host? As I was saying before the apocalypse of the audio happened, <laughs> the audiobook is 23 hours long. See, and the fun thing was when I started the file, and you know what? I own this book now, which I'm sad because I had to get it on Audible, and now I'm depressed about it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can trade it in. Uh, <laughs> you can tra- Audible will let you trade things back in. Can I? Yeah. Oh, I thought well, that's the whole, the whole thing with Audible. I'll have to do that. Like, yeah, All you right. can trade things back in. I thought. Hmm, I don't know. I'm not. I'll, I I'll I use um, I use Libby, which is a uh, spinoff of OverDrive, which is funded Libby's by very our, which handy. is which is part of our lovely local li- you know part, yeah, yeah. <laughs> associated with our lovely local libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, when I started the file, I thought it said 11 hours. I was like, oh my god, this book is so long. Whoa. Yeah. And then <laughs> I realized, oh, that was 11 minutes for just that chapter. And I'm like, well, well I'm relieved. <laughs> this book is going to be so much shorter. And I look, and it's 23 hours. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? How can, <laughs> Two, how okay. can a book be 23 hours long? Well, it's, the entire book is like 600-some pages. However, she... In this book, uh, Stephanie Meyer uses a lot of footnotes. She, like, finds inspiration and quotes and shit from outside sources. And then she uh, That's what the puts front footnotes of the book in the back for. of the book. Huh? That's what the front of the book is for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now, if you look at the audio, I got the audio book. I don't know. 
I got the audiobook pulled up on Lippy. There are uh, 59 chapters and an epilogue, and that's all the entirety of the 23 hours is her reading through. Of course, the problem is I think this reader is also very slow and methodical. Oh, uh, I was listening to this book at 1.5 speed because there was no way I could do it in 23 hours. <laughs> I made it a good 13 hours into it, though. I got... Uh, I ended up at uh, 11 hours, ultimately. Which is like, uh, not even chapter 20. <laughs> this is... I did not expect War and Peace going into this repeat. You know, <laughs> you, you hear the name Stephanie Meyer. You think the Twilight books, were, which are an easy, quick... I use exactly. them as my mindless reading material books. You don't, like... This is a good segue into some of uh, Stephanie Meyer background. You know... She's most well known for the Twilight Saga, which I, they are popular books. That's what I will say. I'll um, say I'll say this. I this morning rewatched. Uh, Lindsay Ellis did a video called "Dear Stephanie Meyer," which is her revisiting the backlash from all the Twilight stuff, and uh, most of it is very unwarranted, and it's a lot of societal like judgment of what teenage girls and a lot of you know stereotypically feminine um, readers are into and that they are, you know, gravitating toward. And so, like, so much of the backlash from Twilight, especially the movies and the fandom was, oh, look at this stupid stuff that girls like. It's, isn't it awful? And then, you know, she reminds people that Fast and the Furious is just as stupid, if not and more so. just <laughs> geared the entire other direction. And so how's that acceptable, but Twilight isn't? And The, the, the problems I have with Twilight are the normalizing of an abusive relationship uh, uh, oh, the uh, theme it seems we stumbled upon a theme from what I read of the host anyway <laughs> abusive relationships well it's just generally non-consensual things and you, yeah. that kind of yeah. funness yeah Edward's a fucking creep anyways yeah the introduction of Jared wasn't very good either he was no, so no, it wasn't. no it wasn't I don't know, but um, I was, I, speaking yeah. of Stephanie, I, I I do wonder if some of Stephanie Meyer's background has anything to do with how she writes romance. Which, speaking of which, let's segue that into some author uh, background. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Hold on. Yeah, she's most well known for Twilight, but she's also written a couple other things, including uh, The Host and The Chemist, which I, just, I think are both geared towards adult. Adult. Well, readers. no, Host is for definitely young adult. Young adult, but still not. But like, I think the still chemist. Older than I think The Chemist was her. Um, what was the one that J.K. Rowling did? Uh, where it was like a detective book or something like that. I, I think I The Chemist was more like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I think The Chemist was like Stephanie Meyer trying to step more into mainstream adult fiction rather than specifically young adult fiction because yeah. mm -hmm. the chemist didn't gear to, didn't wasn't was like i got it at like a walgreens right so i mean it's not like you know you're getting these at like the ya section of uh, barnes and noble or something like that yeah um so she was raised in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh -huh. someone who has more religious experience and background please tell me what the hell that means that is uh, she's, she's a mormon, a mormon. mormon. She's a mormon. oh yeah. okay and um you know and once again mo like i one of my uh 
but you know one of the nicest people I've my, my nicest families the greatest people I've ever met um in high school was a Mormon family they're that very lovely said, people they just yeah the individual hold very people regressive are beliefs exactly the whole pro like Mormonism is one of those things where the people for the most part are genuinely like nice uh wholesome people there's just some really the institution up shit in their here's the thing um Mormonism, Mormonism is very conservative, and so there's a lot, that's a lot of Stephanie Meyer sort of um, ideas of male-female relationships. I would not be surprised if they were based on that sort of more, um, like, very conservative. I don't know how hardline her upbringing was, because once again, the people I know um, were, you know, very, uh, well, you know, like, they did theater, and they were, like, really sweet and wholesome and, like, not you know, mean-spirited or judgmental at all. So I don't know what her... Because, once again, individual churches could be run... Could go one way or another. Could one yeah. way or another. So I don't know her individual upbringing, but as a whole, there's a really conservative lean to the to the Mormon church. I mean, they're the, they're the ones who, like, back, like, Prop 8 in California and whatnot. They use a lot of their uh, influence to, to back up, like, traditional, you know, family values stuff. Yeah. And so I wonder... If, like, because that's the other thing is like, Edward and Jared and these and these male love interests are written as big domineering type, exactly. And so the ideas of consent and you know, you know, uh, autonomy, bodily autonomy, and individual thought by the women are not, is not forefront in Stephanie Meyer's mind, right? Um, we went off on a weird tangent, but yeah, she was. You know, in the she like, but I know this for sure. Like, she was a mom first. Like, what? Right. Get back, let's get back to before um, we go yeah. off on a whole other tangent. Yeah. Like, hold on. Sorry, this is where we edit shit because I'm bad at keeping a steady train of thought. I am not editing a damn thing. <laughs> We're gonna leave this unabridged. It's gonna be the 23 hour living in the stacks podcast. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, once I no. saw that the one yeah. I had was unabridged, I wanted an abridged one. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, let's get yeah, back. She she is a mom. She uh, got married at 21, fresh out of Brigham Young University. Oh, she actually married at the age of 21 before graduating with her degree in English literature in 97. Okay, so she has a background in, like, English literature. Yeah. Okay. But she wrote Twilight. It was inspired by <laughs> this dream that she had about, quote, a gorgeous male vampire in love with an average human girl and concerned about his thirst for her blood. So basically a Dracula wet dream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say, Anne Rice has proven that you can absolutely subvert the vampire trope into making, like, weird sort of love stories where it's like, here is this, you know, monstrous figure who does have emotions for a thing that he feasts off of. It's a, the topic is not new. The topic is not unwarranted. Like, people gave way more shit to Stephanie Meyer than I don't know if they did to Anne Rice when she wrote, like, the uh, Interview with a Vampire and the Lestat series. And that's Fair essentially, enough. like, her Anne Rice is, like, the progenitor and the more accepted literary version of what essentially is the same thing, which is, like, hey, look, these guys are kind of sexy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Dangerous men are but, sexy. I can fix him. <laughs> but, you know, actually talking about her, her upbringing in the uh, Mormon church kind of makes a lot of sense now because mm-hmm. you noticed a, a very stark lack of anything LGBT yep. even mentioned, like, you know, in a in a community like, uh, like what happens, or in the host, or even like in Twilight, mm-hmm. there's bound to be at least a couple LGBT type characters around, and and like, wouldn't yeah. vampires after a hundred years just like not even bother with like gender norms and yeah. think? At you least think. one, but no. They, apparently, these these vampires are strictly heteronormative, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so that's being, one of my biggest... being a mother is the best thing you could possibly do. You don't know how lucky you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But so, yeah, not to be too judgmental of, because that's the other. Because I think rewatching that video, what was a nice reminder, like a nice sort of like, you we. Like as much as, as much crap as um, you know, that series gets, we shouldn't like heap too much scorn on no. Meyer herself. Yeah, because that got happened way too much. Like she was even ridiculed for having her brother monitor what messages she got because you know how dare she not have completely unfiltered messages from both the really obsessive, like almost dangerously obsessed fans, and also the people who want her to go die in a fire. Like, how dare she filter out those messages into much more meaningful ones? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't begrudge her at all. And um, compared to E.L. James, who is, I, I hear, way, way worse of a person. Yep. Based... Uh, who did the... Yeah, she uh, did... She, The person who completely ripped off Twilight. And did... The, and uh, did... And that did, thing did, that shall series. not be named. Exactly. Fifty Shades of Shit. Yeah. Ah, That's you said it! Sh- this book is Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. Uh, I have, I, okay, totally like 30 second tangent. I have seen a video of Gilbert Gottfried reading an excerpt from Fifty Shades of Shit. And it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, back to the main one. But yeah, back. So, um, is there anything else we need to know about her background or anything like that? or? Not really. There's not a whole lot out there because she's like a relatively contemporary. Like, her oldest stuff came out in the late aughts. Yeah, middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, she she made so, enough money. She doesn't have to write a, a and damn she's not, page in her life. Yeah, she's not overly prolific in that. Like, she has the four books in the Twilight series. She has the host, and she has, or actually, there's a companion book to the Twilight series, which E.L. James also completely ripped off. Yeah, but yeah, we're not here to. Um, we're not. No, wait, no. Um, that's not what I wanted. Oh. I the official website her, is interesting. Her official website has like a really interesting like, m- like it's got a it's got a really interesting like um, kraken type woman, almost. kraken like a woman's head with all tentacles coming out of it with like all sorts of stuff in it. Um, it's like a really interesting uh, five reasons. Wait, five reasons we're obsessed with the loose Luther insulter. Who do what now? I have no idea, what? but that's not what I wanted to pull up. I wanted to pull up. Um, the wiki article real quick and like see if there's like um oh she produced uh austin land uh so i mean she's gone into film uh production as well as like a producer for stuff for stuff 
100 most influential people in 2008. But uh, she, she seems to be fairly, um, um, keeps to herself, not very um, public oh. personality either. Her birthday is uh, 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 Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Why did oh. it take me so long to find those words? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think that, yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about with uh, with Stephanie Meyer, like, background-wise, it looks we like. We know who it, she it's, is. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and also, like, just because she wrote what is essentially a Harlequin romance doesn't mean she should be treated as, like, the worst person ever in the history mm-hmm. of the universe. Yeah. There are way worse peace people. Heal, <laughs> James. She she's and not... also literal actual Nazis. <laughs> she's not the world's worst author, but she's definitely not like gonna... the best. Hey, what is you know what's funny? Um, your music, her writing is inspired by uh, My Chemical Romance and Lincoln Park. Shocking, no one. And Coldplay. Was it Muse? Muse was And big. Muse. I remember yeah. Muse in the yeah. <laughs> like but, acknowledgements. Um, wasn't no, it's too bad not one of them wasn't uh um oh god no, I can't remember the name. Uh 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 Bring Me Back to Life, uh Evanescence. Evanescence because yeah. my because I'm a, <laughs> because I get the feeling like my immortal is like what people think of Stephanie Meyer, but she is at least better than that. Anyway, let's take a break and come back and talk about the actual topic of this uh, show, The Host, which is um, Stephanie Myers does Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, basically. Cool. Into every generation, a slayer is born. One girl in all the world. A chosen one. And alongside her are the Watchers. We are the Watchers. Once more with Feeling is a 20th anniversary Buffy fancast where we gather and watch episodes of Buffy, discuss them, and release it every Tuesday. Grr. Arg. Your host, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> you, you are the one who subjected us to this I monstrosity. Did. You're and responsible. I, told, I will tell you what. There were many times in the months leading up to us reading this book that I considered changing my pick to 1984. Because Why that's like <laughs> one of the quintessential dystopian future type. But I figured it has been read up and down, front and back, sideways, left ways, whatever. And discussed ad nauseum by everybody. Many, many a group. And li- literally everybody has talked in 1984 to death, especially with the advent of like closed circuit recordings of stuff and data collection. So yeah, yeah. 1984 is well trodden ground. Yeah. Sure, I guess. It's a good book. I I enjoy the book. It's a fucking mind fuck. Um, I still haven't however, read it. I could have read that instead of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh-huh. yeah. Well, I already know how uh, Melody's going to vote when he, when yeah. we come to whether we liked it or not. I mean, I feel um, like it's hard not to come into this with a uh, prejudged. Uh, Stephanie Meyer. 
Exactly. Um, but yeah, I will say this. I haven't rewatched the movie. When I saw the movie that came out in, like, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I took my cousin to see it. I did not hate the movie. Reading the book, I don't hate the book. There are really good ideas in this book. Yeah, the idea I actually of the uh, shared, starting the book. Um, oh, sorry, uh, the, my thing. Yeah. <laughs> now you're fine. Out. Now you're fine. Uh, the idea of the shared body by two entities b- vying for control, the fact that they have two different love interests. There are, in, you know, the idea, and once again, the idea of this alien force um, taking over, and then the after, we're already in the aftermath of that, and now it's just dealing with pockets of resistance. Mm hmm. Those are interesting ideas. Execution, on the other hand. Stephanie Meyer is not the best at executing them, but it's not a bad concept. Yeah. That, and I am a wee bit of a sadist, and I just wanted to make you all squirm. (laughs) Thanks, Dex. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys, too. Yeah, like, when when I started the book, uh, I was actually really impressed by the way that the ideas were introduced. I really liked the concepts behind it. And I'm like, wow, I didn't really peg Stephanie Meyer as being able to like do this much of a science fiction thing. Like this might actually be kind of cool. And it was for like the first maybe four hours of the book. I was okay (laughs) with it. And then it just devolved into her usual uh, song and dance. Romantic. Uh, yeah. So I was a bit disappointed there. I, w- I was really ready to lean into it, though. I was like, okay, well, this is fine. And then it got not fine. The second yeah. she left that, like, different world that she had built and, like, put it in this, you know, the mundane world of the humans, it just lost all the appeal. Yeah, because then it became about, like, the stereotype. Uh, there's the... I've been rewatching Sorrow TV and his Tumblr, one of his Tumblr videos had the thing where it breaks down all YA. White teenage girl, special powers. Boy, cute boy like her. Other cute boy like her? Who will she choose? How will she save world? And it's like, mm. I mean, in the wake of, in the wake of things like the Hunger Games where you have shit like Divergent, that is the, all the schlock that comes after the stuff that's more inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's trying to rip off the success of Twilight and Hunger Games and they get shit like Divergent, which we may have to do for, like, the worst thing I've ever read saga um, uh, theme. Sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find, like, the worst rated books on Goodreads and be like, all right. Let's read this. It's going to take one for the team this time. Exactly. No, every episode will be like, God, I hated this book. Why did we subject ourselves to it? Uh, anyway. Um, I'm sorry. Did you mean blindness? Ooh. You know what? I liked blindness better than this book. <laughs> this book can go die in a hole. <laughs> I'll read blindness wow. two times in, in repentance. <laughs> So, one of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that I have read this book probably about ten times because I like going back to things that are familiar because I 
have the philosophy that I am never the same person any subsequent time I read or consume some sort of media because my life experiences have changed me as a person and I'm always going to find new things in any given thing. Um, but this is the first time I have read The Host since becoming a little more culturally woke, so to speak. And all I could say is, holy hell colonialism. Hold up. Or holy colonialism, Batman. Can you turn off that TV? <laughs> turn down the volume. Damn kids. Mm-hmm. That's going to Damn kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> That's going to the bloopers. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, holy hell, colonialism. Like, yep. there's at one point where, uh, Wanderer and. Melanie are having this discussion about, you know, Wanderer is saying how the souls come to um, come to better, like, they always better the planets that they that they come to, and you know, when they saw all the nasty shit that humans were doing to each other, of course they thought that they could make it better, and I'm like okay, uh, European settlers going to uh, going to Africa or wherever and being like hey i don't understand your ways you're a savage come be like us or you're gonna die which is essentially what that what happened mm-hmm. yeah which is interesting coming like because <laughs> um uh, there's someone who knows you know a little bit more than the average person about the history of the mormon church there's a lot of that in their history so the fact that she's at least aware enough to comment on it and show that, like, hey, this isn't necessarily a good thing. And Wanderer coming to terms with the fact that maybe she's the bad... Are we the baddies? Yeah. Um, That's that's... where I will give the credit, is that over the course of the book, uh, Wanderer, a.k.a. Wanda, um, (laughs) becomes... Like, she, she eventually says, you know, we shouldn't have come to this planet. We, you know, maybe the way that we've lived, yeah, that's this is our biology, this is the way we have always existed, but maybe taking other taking over other planets isn't the best of ideas. Maybe we should have just stayed on the origin and lived our lives there instead of being colonialist dicks. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, it's essentially what uh, Captain Marvel learns in the, over the course of the movie it, as a emissary of the Kree Empire and realizing, oh, wait, I'm part of the bad guys. <laughs> I'm part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at least she didn't try to pull that shit where it's like, no, the colonials, the colonialists, are, the colonizers are the good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do like the very peaceful, very pure communistic type uh, uh, society of the souls where, you know, everyone works towards the common good and it's kind of sort of a hive mind only without a queen and without like everybody actually thinking all together but you know everyone it's a collective it's a collective not necessarily a hive mind but um i do like that aspect and i really wish some of that were a little more close to the truth because humans kind of suck um Mm -hmm. edgelord coming out uh (laughs) You know, y'all miss me. <laughs> um. No, no, I agree. Like, I, I was kind of like doing some research because I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't finish the book. Like, what, 
what's the rest of it about? And I'm reading, like, she wanted this this to be, like, about this theme of body image and what a gift it is to have a mind and a body. And I'm like, that's not what I read. That's not at all what I was re- thinking when I was yeah. reading. Yeah, if that's what she intended, she is... She I needs mean, to get practice. She needs to get some more practice in how to present her what she's, what she's seeing into, like. But none of y'all actually got to the end of the book, and near the end of the book, there is an entire passage where, um, Wanderer decides that in order to save, the Seeker who found the human colony, and killed one of the, uh, one of the humans. Um, in order to save her from being killed herself, uh, she Wander, Wanda decided that she had to give up the one secret she was keeping, which was she knows how to remove a soul from the body without killing either. Um, which is something that the humans had been trying to figure out with disastrous, nasty uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... When she decides that she has to save the Seeker that way, she also decides that she has to um, give her body back, like give Melanie her body back. So the night that she goes to do that, she's laying in bed with Ian, who becomes her like love interest, like Wanda's love interest, even though the body is like, nope, all Jared. Wanda herself is like, this human that tried to strangle me my first night here. That's the one I want. <laughs> oh, um, that's yeah, how that works, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Totally. Oh, isn't that great? I mean, they just didn't have a safe word yet. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, kinky. So she goes on this whole kind of internal monologue about like how she's laying there next to Ian and she's like, taking stock of her entire body and how, you know, the how she likes the way the muscles pull over the bones and how she likes the way uh, her face looks in the light and all this jazz. And I don't think, like, as an entire theme of the book, I don't think that's... Uh, it was very well executed, but for that one scene, and it's near the end of the book... Um, that one scene it was very well uh very well written to just kind of make you think you know whatever big bang whatever the fuck happened however long ago that eventually it came to like there are some pretty fantastic things about the human body that you know People really should be more, like, that. we shouldn't take ourselves for granted as much, if that makes sense. Okay. I mean, I guess there's so. some strength to that, but there there shouldn't be just, like, all this other stuff in the way to get to that, to r- arrive at that conclusion. You're breaking up a bit, Max. You, yeah, you're cutting Sorry. a bit in and out. Is your connection good? Yes, I'm good. Ring, ring, hello. I've been having troubles with it this whole time. We've Do we want to switch over time. to... Fi- I'm not going to lie, I've been doing a bunch of stuff in, like, Facebook Messenger. Do we want to try that next time? We could. Sure. We might, that might, we might get better results, honestly, because <laughs> all my uh, 
um, Pokemon D and D sessions have been recorded in Facebook through over uh, recorded over Facebook Messenger, and uh, we haven't had any dropouts or anything like that. So I don't know what's up with Discord servers. Maybe we need to switch servers. That's we usually not a problem. Coast. I don't. It's just today. And and yeah, it's weird. It's being weird. So yeah, you were saying, Max. Um, just I was just thinking like uh, like that's that's a great conclusion to arrive at. I mean. That's certainly not an invalid point to make. Like, it's great to be alive. It's great to move and to breathe and to think. But, like, all this other stuff getting to that wasn't really worth it arriving there. Yeah, she tends to waste words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like an editor needed to pare all this down. Yeah. A good editor A would have cu- cut this in, like, half mm-hmm. and be like, focus on this. She kind of. She kind of rambles. We bet. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest issue is that I think after the success of Twilight, maybe her editor gave her more control over what ultimately ended up in the book, or maybe she used more of her clout by saying, "I'm this best-selling thing. You know, here, let me, you know, do what you know. Let me have final edit." And it becomes one of those things like where there's a director who's like, "I need to have final cut," and then what the final cut is like an absolute monstrosity that's unwatchable. I'm what trying to think you... of a really good example, but I can't. One's not coming to mind. I think maybe Alexander. I don't know. I haven't seen that one. I don't know about. I know the d- director's cut of Donnie Darko is like a complete, like just artistic douchebaggery to the to the eleventh fold over the original, which is you know I don't know how good it is in retrospect. I haven't revisited it. I know it's very like hot topic teens of that era were super into Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. so I don't know how well it holds up, but. I know that the director's cut is one of those ones where people are like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's go back. We went too far. We went too <laughs> far. Go back. <laughs> I know uh, one thing I think might be a symptom of the rambling is that perhaps she was so focused on the fact that there's this, it's like an inner thing. Like, she's talking a lot from, like, existing in a body rather than, oh, this is my body and it's doing this in the world. And I think that lends itself more to just being very cerebral in general. Like, I wanted to say the first uh, three hours of this book are just completely feels like you're just in someone's head and nothing has happened. (laughs) Like, no one's moved around or walked or... (laughs) Like, you're just kind of in there, locked in. And that was... That I found kind of disconcerting. Uh, it just it felt like it wasn't going to go anywhere right when I saw that symptom going. So I think it was just focusing on inner thoughts too much because you're already in that place of, oh, we're inside this body. And then you have two characters within it who are both doing that internal thing. So now there's twice as many thoughts to talk about. And I think that might have contributed to the issue. Yeah. I, well, that's the whole thing with, like, uh, adapting this. Uh with a lot of books, a lot of, of the problems come from books are allowed to wax extemporaneously on whatever thoughts the character and by extension the author was having. And so they can go on and on and on. And unfortunately, um, you know, some people, you know, and then like some people are into that sort of like characters thinking about all sorts of things and it becomes philosophical in that regard. And some people are into that sort of thing. And some people treat it as, like, more, like, high-minded and whatnot. But 
it's still like when you read things for plot and characters, you don't want to spend too much time in your own head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always my problem when I'm writing. I feel like it might be a symptom, maybe of relatively inexperienced writers that you know you get so focused on um what you're thinking and you have you feel like you have to get down everything else the reader won't the understand reader won't, the yeah. the point of what you're saying um yeah. but that's also like i feel like i s- struggle with uh what your mom call it mind blindfulness or whatever the hell uh it is. mind blindness yeah yeah where like you what think, i'm thinking is the only thing that yeah you exists. it's hard to exp- you know experience things through somebody else's point of view so you have so you're thinking like well they won't understand if i don't explain it exactly like this and it's like you know some that's why sometimes like collaborative stuff like editors coming in and being like okay now let's change these sorts of things is ultimately makes for better you know creative stuff yeah Mm -hmm. so um Melanie, what did you, th- or Melody, sorry. Melanie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Melanie. Oh, shit. Uh, My no. bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. oh, that does bring up something um, that I re- I noticed, like, early on. And this it this comes in ter- forms of adaptation. It reminded me a bit of a thing that's very, that's got brought up a bit with Hunger Games in the adaptation. In this book and in the Hunger Games book, the protagonist is described as, like, olive-skinned, more tan and then in the adaptation it's this pale ass full on um like wonder bread grade white actress and it's like what's like Saoirse Ronan I love her as an actress and she is not terrible in the movie as if you wanted to bring somebody the you know the physical description of the character of Melanie to life Saoirse Ronan is not it. She is an uh, Irish girl with all the paleness that that uh, yeah. brings. And she was a little too soft. Melanie is kind of described as being more muscular, a more hard-edged. Exactly. More like uh, how Jennifer Lawrence is in the later en- entries in The Hunger Games sort of thing. Right. But, yeah, like, so I'm one, and, I, and that once again comes down to, I feel like, there's, a, there's this thing where, like, Whitewashing. Whitewashing. And, he, and it's not as bad as, like... Says the cast of four white hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Still. That's not our like, point. We recognize we did, the problem. It's not for lack of trying, you know? <laughs> exactly. Right. The only way for us to improve is to recognize that there is a problem. And I feel like... Like, you could have given this to, like, a Latina actress or somebody who's, uh, you know, much... You know, much more in line with how it's described in the book. Why did you, like, I get Trisha Rona. I think she was, like, on the rise after Atonement. So, like, maybe it was, like, a clout thing where it's like, uh, oh, we got this, you know, now, uh, you know, actress on the rise. She's about to be the next teen superstar. And it's so, like, we'll put her in the lead. And it's like, well, that's not what the book, who cares? It's, it's, and it becomes one of those things where it's like, Tom Cruise is a five foot four man playing a character who's supposed to be, like, six foot one. Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher in the book is a giant six foot like three blonde guy. He looks more like um uh Kevin Nash did in um maybe not that, maybe not as uh or like um 
what's his name the bad uh the bad guy in uh Blade and Blade Runner uh what's the actor's name uh whatever um uh but yeah the, uh Rutger Hauer uh like that sort of or like Sting and um in uh I'm sorry I'm going off on weird tangents but like Sting in the, <laughs> the um in uh, in uh uh, David Lynch's Dune, where it's like these tall, lean, muscular, blonde dude, and then the character, and then the actual actor is played by this. <laughs> yep. This, you know, Tom, Tom Cruise was like, "You did like not nothing. You, they, they're just not like at all. You just did a whole other thing." Um, yeah. Anyway, weird tangent, but. It just it immediately came to mind when I when Stephanie Meyer was describing the appearance of Melanie in the book. It's like that. Why? 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 Why the super white girl? Why the like the why like the clear girl? Why like the girl who like on a on a on a on a really who like just appear in a blizzard? Uh, yeah, I also feel like we run into like there's always an issue. In a lot of books where, like, it feels like the author is trying to just, like, make them a little bit not white. So that, like, oh, well, yeah, my character's not white. They're, you know, a little more olive. Or they're just, you know, tan. Okay. <laughs> and like, you know, you can put more people in there. And you can make them dark. Yeah. And they'll... they'll act the same way in the book <laughs> exactly it's strange i don't know then we get into whole other discussions of like um you know how do you write characters outside of your own ethnicity um how do you include that without it being too offensive and like you're they're becoming a mockery of your stereotype of that ethnicity or uh, you know it, it's writing is hard Trying to include more people is hard because if you don't do it right, then everyone, then you, then, then you do, then you just set everyone back. Yep. Yep. Hey. So, you, I believe Melody, you wanted to, uh, uh, touch <laughs> on. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the. This girl's love foods? for fucking Cheetos. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. This book brought to you by so, Frito-Lay. So, like, the first thing they do, like, they go to a they go to a convenience store and they get a bunch of, like, donuts and, and chips and whatever. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. They're in a convenience store. That's fine. I'm okay with this. But then, like... Throughout the whole rest of the book that I was able to read, this girl's like, oh my gosh, the smell of the Cheetos just, like, washed over me and I had an orgasm. Oh, the Cheetos, <laughs> such a delicacy in life. Stephanie oh. Meyer was oh, hangry during, the, during that part of the writing process. You know, she's like, probably sexually repressed. So like, oh, I had I mean... one Twinkie for breakfast and then I licked the cream and, oh, the Twinkie. Oh, I'm like, yeah. why? <laughs> why? I mean, I get it. They have preservatives and that's probably what she was thinking, but I'm, I'm just, I, I'm surely they cook, surely, surely they cook. It's, but the, it's the post-apocalypse. Just... <laughs> Who is still making Cheetos? Well, they, the souls just kind of stepped into the manufacturing the lives. They, you know, sure. they, they continue to the manufacturing process. Sure. So apparently, brands are still a thing. 
over it. Uh, even this, even though this sort of communist collective of aliens is still like, no, let's keep this whole capitalist thing going where we make these junk foods that are to completely unhealthy and will destroy our hosts ultimately. But I don't know. Well, they have perfect health care, though. True. Um, at, plus, I mean, like, maybe the whole or leaving the origin and finally coming to Earth was so they could experience the glory of the Cheeto. Nature's per uh, man's perfect gift to Nothing nature. Nothing else. Exactly. Um, but I will admit, as somebody who has been relying a lot on junk food uh, lately due to stress and you know, taking bad care of myself, there is a certain mindset that you get into of like this fatty, greasy, nasty-ass food that is terrible for you. It the taste the way it tastes. It elicits it's, a sort of like return to ch you know it's like that bit in Ratatouille where it's like this thing returned me to a sense of where I was happy, and was, so it's like I was thinking more in uh, Zombieland, Tallahassee's and the uh, and the and, and the, the Twinkies and the fucking Twinkie. Exactly. I just watched it last night, so that's fresh in my Sequel's mind. Sequel's not too bad. Um, I did see my tangent. Uh, minor tangent, just because <laughs> I have no movie outlet anymore. Uh, but I took that came out for my birthday weekend, and my nephew is obsessed with the original. We saw the sequel; it's not too bad. Um, like Rosario Dawson's added to it, and um, aside from the fact that apparent there's a whole thing with her, we won't get into. But apparently, she did some really heinous shit. Um, oh, that that chick with the whole being a dick to the yeah, her and her guy. mom were like abusing a trans worker. That was on their property, and it, yeah, so that whole scandal ruined Rent for me. Uh, <laughs> or at least the motion picture version. Anyways, uh, the whole there's there's a whole other tangent there about. Uh, I I will say on that topic, go watch Lindsay Ellis's thing on Rent because she breaks down a whole mm -hmm. whole oh, lot I'm of sure baggage behind it. But back on topic, uh, I, I definitely think that they're. If they stop producing certain like junk foods, then those becoming a commodity in the post-apocalypse isn't you know, isn't all. And I think I feel like that's a whole other thing too. Is like people, if not I don't. I feel like Zombieland is the most popular one to do it, but there's definitely like this idea of here's this relic of our consumerist, you know, culture before the apocalypse, and so even though it's garbage. And completely disposable in our time, when there's nothing else, this becomes like, you okay. know, a treasure. Yeah. I don't know. It just, know. It just seems like since since the civilization is still happening, and granted, it would be hard to get food. I just feel like the same food options would be available, because they they said all they did was change like healthcare. Other than that. They're living off the lived experience of the people there, so they're going to have, you know, cooking. I mean, I don't know what's right. happened to animals in this place. Like, maybe they're, like, vegan and they don't, like, hunt and stuff. But, no, but I do. don't know. They I mean, just... I guess they have maybe a garden. They... they plant, but I don't know. Maybe they stop, like, like um, you know, massive agribusiness-style stuff, and they make it more um, sustainable. Which is the other thing is like there's a massive subset of science fiction and post-apocalyptic stuff where like um, the idea that this otherworldly force 
it you know ex is the one to introduce things like sustainable living and undoing of our um, you know consumer sort of disposable culture and then they're but they're always tied to them being like a colonizing force and so there, there's this weird correlation that inadvertently happens where the things that need to be done to improve our way of life is teamed with the idea of that being a bad thing because it's always having to be imposed ding 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 status quo yeah there's this weird idea that this we have to maintain the status quo and imposing this new rule of if, if sustainability is inherent is then becomes bad even if they don't, that's not the intention. It always in, ends up being. That's why I would love to do like uh, if I had if I was able to devote more of my energy into writing, I would absolutely write one of these sort of like stories where it's like, oh no, everything is literally better, and so the resistance force is like, wait, why are we fighting? So like, there's the, like the protagonist is part of this major resistance, and then he realizes literally everything is better, and like. The only reason we're fighting is because of we're like these petulant children who don't like mommy and daddy telling us what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, but, that was all the discussion topics I had. Does anybody else have anything we might be able to wrap this up and keep it around an hour, actually? <laughs> Shorter than the book. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it can be understated the amount of me not really thinking the relationships in the book are particularly healthy or good uh, I don't know yeah, worst really... heterosexuality I, I mean um... heterosexuality is fine like that's the majority of the world and as as queer as we are at this place <laughs> in in this yeah, podcast th like three, I mean, three it, quarters of it's this a, podcast it's a relatable are, thing uh... and it's i don't have a problem with people not writing something that they don't feel like they could write well because honestly i don't i, th I don't think we would get a, a good relationship from stephanie meyer uh, yeah, in a queer context Melanie. at all I mean, replace Melanie and uh, Bella with a with a dude, or replace Edward and Jared and Ian with uh, women. Those those relationship dynamics are still fairly toxic. Yeah, and but Melanie and yeah. Bella, like, not to needlessly compare the work together, but they're essentially the same character. So I think Stephanie Meyer just enjoys writing this kind of fraught, distressed woman. Uh, a character say, that gets very taxing to listen to. So I think I, those are really just... Without having read any of the Twilight books, going off of what I know uh, by proxy, I kind of get the feeling that Melanie is a slight improvement over Bella in that Melanie has a personality. And self-esteem. Yeah. Bella feels more like... Pushover. Put yeah, insert this is you. Insert character here. You the re the reader is here. She's a blank slate, and I I, she doesn't really gain a, a personality until like the fourth book. Yeah, pretty much. I guess I meant uh, less less Melanie, more Wanda. Wanda is very... yeah, Wanderer. <laughs> it has like <laughs> that's the other thing. The audiobook apparently they told the narrator the the voiceover artist. That the these that these aliens are like this weird collective or something like that. So she reads them all like robots. The Wanderer speaks like this, and the Seeker speaks like this. 
Hello, humans. We do not understand your e weird emotions. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I wonder if she was channeling the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love I me the it's... Borg. The Borg are my favorite in Star Trek. Well, yeah, the Borg are but... like the Borg are super imposing and well acted and whatnot. But like, mm -hmm. it's just, um, yeah, like no, the, it feels more like a '50s era style of like. We are aliens. We come to your planet. Take us to your leader. It's like they. It's like apparently, you know, this this species has managed to conquer time and space to come to our world. Yet they don't understand how to speak normally. It's it's. I think that was really off putting about the book as well. Yeah. At least the audio book. I I've never listened to the audio book so. Melody and I are doing you a favor. Just keep reading the regular books. You can read your own narrator. Some of these are not good. And most of them that we've done have been okay. These last two have been challenging. Yeah. Yep. I think, oddly enough, the last two, because maybe it's because they don't hire really good voice actors for YA uh, audiobooks. Because they figure the kids aren't going to be reading the audio. The kids aren't going to be listening to the audiobook. I don't know. Well, Does Simon Aragon... was good. I True. Don't um, I don't, well, also, those, these, bo these audiobooks would be older, too. Because mm -hmm. I think these this would come true. out around the same time. Whereas yeah. Love, Simon was, like, within the last couple of years. This is true. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I probably should yeah. just start reading books again. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I need to, too. I think I need to, get, I think I need to get back to the idea of reading like the actual words myself i feel like by relying i don't know there is there is definitely a sense that if you don't practice reading more and more and get back into it you, you kind of lose that sort of attention for it and so that becomes a thing where you like it becomes you know you i do not to not to be not to be like a, the gatekeepers who are like audiobooks aren't the real books no they're still the real books but there is definitely a part of your brain that requires the attention to keep focused on the reading aspect of it, especially for extended periods of time. And if you don't practice that, you begin to lose it. Tell you what, though, I have a really hard time focusing on audiobooks, partially because of audio processing problems. But I will, like, my eyes will get distracted on something and I'll start thinking about something else, and all of a sudden, the equivalent of three pages have gone by. And I have to go backwards 10 minutes to try to figure out what the fuck I missed. <laughs> so that's why I stick with the, like, I listened to the uh, audiobook for the last book of the Aragon series. Just to, to try it out, because it's a book that I've read a few times, so might as well, If I won't be missing anything if I miss anything. Um, and I really liked it, but there were many times that I got distracted by something and I had to go back and re-listen. Are we ready to do, like, is there anything else there really to discuss without going off into wild tangents? Uh, a little late there. Without going further off into the wild tangents? I don't Still think a little so. Late. Okay, yeah, yeah, so let's, let, I, think, I think it's time to start breaking this down, so. Okay. Um, Shall I? Let's go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like this book. Uh, I don't <laughs> surprise, surprise. like being trapped in the irrational thoughts of uh, a damsel and that's what this book was <laughs> and, and yeah, that's pretty much what i'm gonna say about it will i finish it i might only because i had to pay for it and <laughs> uh 
I don't know, but it really isn't pleasant, and I don't look forward to reading the remaining 12 hours, 31 minutes I have left. Uh, I tried to return it on Audible as, during the podcast and was not able to find a way to do that, so... Maybe I'm thinking of something. Maybe that's like your first. That I bet like you might have been able thing. to within like the first hour or something, but I don't know. I, I don't read know. too much. Or of may, it that at may this also point. Th- that may also be like a thing you can do with like, hey, your first one you can return, and then when you try to return to your second one, it's like no. But yeah, you're stuck with uh, it now. Would not recommend. Even even though I haven't read the whole thing, would not recommend it. Will not read it again for sure. <laughs> well. I didn't get far enough that I feel like I can make a complete judgment, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, Welcome to this pod- episode yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> um, honestly, if this was her intention to write a, a book aimed for an older audience, this was not the way to do it. Real life relationships aren't love triangles not always and, why do a love triangle when you can and, just be poly exactly that's exactly. the other thing too it's yes. like yes yes I, I swear like, like do you even know love, the generation you're writing for anyway well love this was be a good poly this, yeah this was before like poly became more mainstream mm-hmm. but um still like yeah. like I, mean, I think like about you know not, too, not like three years you entertain the notion yeah Exactly. Ugh. Like that, I, it still reminds me of the Pro ZD sketch, where like all of anime was solved by um, the protagonist, be, the female protagonist, being like, "How do we all just fuck each other?" And then all of anime was solved. Hooray! Yes. Uh, um, anyway. But anyway, yeah. Um, I think it did have a promising start. Like all the stuff with with the souls and and their society and what they're doing with Earth. That's interesting. Like. We know how humans are. We don't know anything about these guys. And we only get the one, and she doesn't really say anything about her people, hardly ever. Yeah. She's and a bit of a weirdo in yeah, her people, self-professed yeah. weirdo. I mean, that's fine if you want to have a character like that. But like, Oh, God. What? No, it, it just occurred to me, like, she's not like, uh, she's not like the others. She's different. <laughs> God damn not it, this like is so YA. <laughs> I am totally not like the other people. I'm my own thing. Yeah, and but it's just, just like, this even with the game. aliens, it has to be the goddamn. <laughs> oh, yeah. to where do to I take belong? This really oh, YA concept. tropes. <laughs> to take this really unique concept and then boil it down to like relationships are everything. It's yeah. not. Can't say I recommend it. Probably would. That's another. I would maybe attempt to finish it, but only once. Only once. <laughs> Before uh, so I started to keep butting in on everybody's no, it's okay. stuff, but it's now okay. I just How had to. How dare you? But <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess keep it now. I now I have the idea for like a sort of sub. I want another subversion of like these sort of tropes where it's like all oh, these relationships are everything. And it's just like, turns out the people, the protagonists are just horny. So it's like, once they start boning, it's just like, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we just got our pent up horniness out of the way. And then yeah, we're mean, just not, a, not a big deal anymore. As soon as we get rid of the stigma and taboo around casual sex, I mean, everything sorts itself out. Relationships don't no longer become the focal point of everything. 
just get your rocks off and go. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awkward turtle. Um. Oh yeah, I guess it's my. It, it, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, well, I have read it many times, mostly when I'm bored. Um, again, it's not exactly something that requires a whole lot of brain power, I guess. Um, I get. I mean, there are parts that I skip because it is boring. As <laughs> um, I usually skip until skip right up into she until she actually goes into the desert when I read it. Um, I am echoing from somebody's. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll worry about that in post. Um, what was I saying? I made you all read it because I'm a fucking sadist. You're the best, um, Dex. <laughs> wahaha. I like to be the edgelord. I believe I have worked very hard to carve out that, that uh, niche for myself. Um, I am the one who is out there and... You know, fight me. Ha. Um, I did read it kind of with new eyes this time. Um, like I said, this is the first time I've read it since becoming a little more quote-unquote woke. Um, and I did see problems with it that I had not really considered before. Because, you know, I'm a white guy. So, you know, of course I'm not going to see a lot of things before I spend more time with other communities and shit. Um, would I recommend it besides as a ha-ha, I'm an asshole thing? An exercise eh. in sadomasochism. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not necessarily. I mean, it's one of those know your audience. Hey, this book is a fun way to uh, to spend an afternoon or six. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not any sort of, it's not going to be winning any sort of huge literary awards. Not that it has to either. No. I mean, art for art's sake and all that jazz. Yep. It's definitely art. It It sure is. (laughs) It sure is a thing. Uh... As for me, uh, and everyone feel free to interrupt during my part since it's only fair. Mel! <laughs> um, I, I haven't been able to uh, finish You know, once again, I was another one who was unable to finish it. One, due to its crushing uh, length. I and, don't feel so bad anymore because usually I'm the one not finishing it. <laughs> um, but not two, just because it, I, I think it, it doesn't, it's not really engaging. And I think that's also because, you know, this book is not for technically us. This isn't for us. This is for, I mean, you read it like in college. Yeah, you were... the first time I read it was in college. It was before I transitioned. So it was right up my alley of the kind of young uh, adult, female. young adult, damsel in distress. I was in an abusive relationship. So certain themes kind of spoke to me. Which should have been a red flag, but I'm a dumbass. That's all right. In any case. It takes a while for us to realize uh, how our cries for help. Um, but uh, I, So I'm not going to ding it to... I, I, I think one of my biggest things in becoming an adult is realizing that just because something isn't for me doesn't make it bad. This isn't great, 
But, uh, you know, if it speaks to an audience and it's not hurting them, I can't, you know, I can't hate them for that. What? Are you even an adult white male? <laughs> uh, I am an adult, you know, unfortunately adult, you know, adult white men aren't, you know, grown white men aren't adults. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah. Oh, so that's right. You're not a rich old white guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm poor, so I'm able to experience the... No, I'm middle class. I'm not poor. I still have a lot of support from my family who are middle class. So, I mean, I think that's the other thing is realizing that because I am the quote-unquote default cis, het, white male, white male, middle class... The only like, thing you're not as neurotypical. The only thing is I'm not neurotypical. And it's like, it's realizing that these other points of view need more uh and you know are, are are just as important if not more so than my own that i learned to sit back shut the fuck up and let other people talk <laughs> and uh best thing i could do is like elevate other uh people's talking points and let them just and you know point um uh, that's like a that's one of my biggest things on twitter is like retweeting people like lexi alexander and um uh Oh god, what's her name? Uh, there's a bunch of like black authors that I follow. Uh, black, you know, the, the, I follow a, an entire collective of like various walks of life on Twitter because it's like I want to, I want to know how you guys are and what you're thinking and you know sharing your points of view because nobody gives a shit what I think. Honestly, there, there's no need to. My, you know, white dudes have said enough already. Let other people talk. I want to be where the people are. <laughs> All right, so let's cut John of off and end the podcast then. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, sorry about the tangent. I just felt like I wanted to be fair before we ended the whole thing, just because I, I, I don't want to feel like the whole time we're just shitting on people who like stuff that we don't. So, uh, yeah, that I... Could not get into this crushing length. It needed to be edited down to by like half, and uh, and yeah, and Stephanie Meyer still needed some work as like she still needed to get like more into like depending if she wanted to write this for adults, she needed to to have get a better voice for speaking to adults. Because as far as I knew, this was for young adults. This is still for the Twilight. This is a carryover from you like Twilight. Here's this, mm-hmm. pretty much. Good concepts, just not great execution. I'm not going to worry about finishing it. Uh, but, uh, and, and I won't, I'm not going to not recommend it. Like, if somebody says, depending on who's asking, I'll more often than not say, eh, you can skip it. But if somebody, you know, if, they're, if like, I don't know, later on, like 10 years from now, my um, my niece is like, hey, should I read this book? I, I'm not going to tell her not to read it. I'm like, read this, but keep these things in mind. I'm going to cut John off again. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, on the plugs. Yeah. Well, well, next time it is mine. We're rounding out the uh, the theme with mine, uh, which is "It Can't Happen Here" by Sinclair Lewis about the rise of fascism in America. Yay. Fuck. Oh shit. So. Yeah. How long is this uh, one? Twenty three hours. <laughs> uh, it is 458 pages, so right, it's okay, going to be perfect. on the longer side, perfect. but I doubt it'll be as, um, yeah. So this is written in the 1930s uh, by a very politically driven writer, and it is, you know, this is contemporaneously with the rise of 
uh, Nazism in Germany and Benito Mussolini. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a ride. I did not intend to pick this, um, like consciously. It's just like, oh, hey, here's some, I hear, you know, oh, it can't happen here. Is this really old uh, dystopian novel? Let's check out this. Oh, it's about the rise of fascism in America. Fuck. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, we can't escape it. Oh, well. All right. Plugs. I actually have something to plug this time. Oh, Yay! shit. All right. So I mentioned at the be beginning that I had my top surgery. Yeah. So. Jesus. You're, you're super excited. I, I can bounce without things jiggling. Um. <laughs> I'm envious. <laughs> so, um, when I went in for top surgery and when I was preparing for top surgery, I was trying to, and I will try to keep this short even because I know it's not very, it's a tangent. Um, I uh, tried to find pictures of people that looked like me getting top surgery because... I am a bigger guy. I'm about 300 pounds. And, you know, most of the top surgery before and after pictures you see are the guys that are, like, less than 200 pounds and they're tall and they're, you know, relatively toned and not looking like me. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to document my recovery on um, Instagram. And I don't have an interesting Instagram name. It's just stevenson.dexter. At in, um, on Instagram, but if you are interested in seeing what a uh, uh, FTM top surgery uh, process uh, process recovery process looks like, um, you know, check it out. Or if you know someone who is going to be going through top surgery and you know is looking for some sort of guidance, I've had. A bunch of people, a bunch of guys actually reach out to me over the last few days um, asking for advice and asking to see my before and after pictures. Great. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, Stevenson.Dexter. Um, should I spell it out? I, don't I don't think so. Fine. I mean, it's, 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 it's the standard. I have a pretty, yeah, I have a, it's the standard. Oh, Stevenson with a V, not a PH. I there always get asked that. There you go. There you okay. Go. Um, yeah. So. Dexter Stevenson. Inspiration hey. to dozens and growing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully shrinking. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right. Melody, Next. you want to go? Oh, just Twitter. <laughs> what was it? I always forget because sometimes I have an X and sometimes I don't. It's at Mini Kui, at M I N I K U I. That's it. Woo! All right. Um, if you like Dungeons and Dragons, go listen to Welcome to the Bone Era with featuring uh, me and my awesome friends. Uh, we have art that we have co had commissioned of the group and it's amazing. It's really cool. Um, yeah, yours is basically like. Like every bar barbarian, yeah, I've seen. It's like exciting. Magnus, or like war, or like the you know Magnus Burnside. It's like, oh, hey, yay, yeah. Except I'm Mandy edgy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, my poor, my poor sweet son. He's very edgy. Um, <laughs> oh, are you the group edge lord in that case? Kind, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's me, me and the bard. We're both pretty edgy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're double edged. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and I will be actually hosting a one-shot pretty soon, um, nice. within the next couple weeks, where I, I wrote out a story and I can't wait for it to actually happen. It's gonna be great. Nice. Alright, uh, I'm, I'm so glad yeah, back go, go listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. It's all there. I'm glad I'm getting back into that, because um, I have stuff in the works. It's all, in all that needs done is editing. Because uh, I, think, I, I think I announced it here before, um, Dungeons and Dragon Types. Everything is going to go live, hopefully, before the end of the year. I'm not going to try and date myself by saying, he's coming out next week. No, it'll come out when it's ready, but it should hopefully be before the end of the year because we've got enough audio to go for weeks. And it's Pokemon D&D. It is a, it's a modded version of 5th edition that features uh, Pokemon as the monsters and the catching mechanics. And, it's, and I've written a whole... I've created a whole fan region... But with but with all the official Pokemon, no fan created Pokemon yet. Oh, I want to I want to cut my teeth on the module first, and then as I gain more experience with like how the monster creation works and whatnot, I want I may try to incorporate some of my fan created Pokemon into a thing, if it if it go if it lasts long enough. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I will announce when that is official, and plus. Um, as Sword and Shield is about... By the time this comes out, this will hopefully be out the day Sword and Shield comes out. Awesome. And so, part of me, I also have art commissioned and I have all the stuff set up for a Pokemon-themed YouTube channel that is going to be featuring mostly gameplay because I initially wanted to do recorded, like, scripted videos and whatnot, and I realized that's a whole lot of stuff that I don't have time for, so... Recording game, gameplay and doing stream of consciousness, I've done that plenty of times. That's not a problem. Plus, I love doing playing Pokemon. So, I will announce when that is up and running as well. That should hopefully be next episode, uh, if all goes well. Mm-hmm. But I'm all super excited now because, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, I re- binged through the entirety of Netflix's Green Eggs and Ham. And Guy Am I is basically me. He is a guy who pursued his dreams and is constantly meeting with failure but it doesn't mean he should give up and stop trying also go watch the green eggs and ham series it is absolutely gorgeously animated and it's doofy there's like weird bits where they do like the shawshank redemption meets les miserables episode and there's all there's like references to like the usual suspects in it at points it's got michael douglas and jeffrey wright and diane keaton it's, yeah, it's yeah. good. Cool. It's good. Tangent. Yes. And Netflix has its own advertising team. <laughs> it's good. I don't, Netflix has so much bullshit on there that. Oh, yeah, no. Like, the, like, people need to know that, like, there's this really, really good thing on there. This is something for you to watch. This is really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Un- oh, shit. Social media. Quick, Facebook.com slash Living in the Stacks, at Twitter in the Stacks cast, Instagram Living in the Stacks. Okay. And I'm hoping for, um, as we go through the books, uh, that hopefully everyone, you know, I'll make sure everyone has access to the Twitter and the Facebook so that maybe we can start posting our thoughts as we're reading it in our free time mm-hmm. to keep socially active. But Basically yeah. live tweet our reading experience. <laughs> exactly. Like as we're reading it, like maybe like something comes up in our head. So it's like, 
Uh, that, uh, oh, shit, this, 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 so, and then... Oh, shit, too real. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's pretty much probably what I would be streaming, or tweeting the entire time, bringing it can't happen here. Fuck! Yep. Fuck! 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> until next time, you'll find us living in the stacks. Okay, bye! Bye. Bye. Waving hand. Hello, waving hand. Oh, hello. I didn't see you. Hello. Sorry. What's happening? It's mom. Oh. Hi, Mom. Yeah, Mom. Yeah, Mom was saying uh, hi, bye to bye. Alex. Bye.